Hey, everybody, you are listening to Launch Radio with Jeff and Kira. You see, our future depends on humanity and AI living in harmony. And on this show, we are going to help you develop a better understanding of both. We are live. Kira. Yes. Episode 48. <laughs> Jeff and Kira live. How are you doing? I'm good. I just realized we're going to hit 50 episodes before the year end. Yeah, pretty incredible. Actually, our last episode of the year will be will be number 50, right? The, yes, it should be number 50. will be the last one of the year. Yeah, that's you feel like a lucky a lucky thing. End in the in the zeros, you know? Like we'll be at a perfect 50 yeah, at the end of the year. And it's funny because it's, it was around 25. We're doing like 25 a year is the pace so far. Right. How are you? How are you handling um, lockdown city? You know, I mean, it's just been exhausting because people are, are not happy about both situations from, you know, everything that's happening with the pandemic itself to the health problems, obviously, all the just people sick and the death and, you know, that side of it's tragic. And then you have the side of it with people with their jobs and not having jobs and the economic side and their mental health and all of that. It's just really taking a toll, I think, on everybody. I mean, this isn't anything surprising. I mean, we all know, we all know that it's, it's affecting very deeply. How are you, are you doing well? As far as health-wise mentally. or mentally? Yeah, just mentally handling it. I'm doing fine, except I think it makes my ADD worse, to be honest. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think it makes ADHD, you know, it kind of accelerates, but like my ADHD is harder to manage at times. Because there's just, it's too much noise everywhere. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. You know, I think it kind of set off everybody's mental health in, in different ways. And, you know, people get depressed or everything's kind of accelerated. And kind of the thing I've always had is, is ADHD, which is a whole other topic, an interesting topic sometimes. Okay. Yeah. You know, my brain just I, constantly wants, like, looking for something interesting, looking for interesting things. And so it's really good at, like, finding what's the shiniest thing happening. But the problem right. is, in its search for everything interesting, it forgets to do the mundane stuff. So, like, right. stuff like paying bills and it just the more boring stuff gets... And this happens to everybody, but with the ADHD, it's like 10 times worse because yeah. it's hard to just do it. I mean, if you do like one little thing, it's like a massive accomplishment. I mean, if you do one little thing in a day, that would gain. But at the same time, we're also able to hyper-focus on things like superhuman focus. So it, it's a kind of a thing of extremes. But I definitely noticed the pandemic has made that. But other than that, I'm doing great. I mean, I'm doing great health-wise. You know, I think everything's sad that's happening. But myself, personally, I'm doing all right. I can fight off the daily ADHD side of things. Well, stay sane over there on the West Coast. We've yeah. discussed it many times. It's a different world in Atlanta where you are, right from where we are, I think. Yes. Very different. <laughs> it's like our own little bubble here, which, frankly, um, it's a nice reprieve um, yeah. from, from crazy, you know, yeah. crazy talk where you're just like constantly bombarded with COVID. And that's why today we are not going to be talking about COVID. Um, right. We're actually talking about something much 
bigger in terms of technology and the future of what our platforms look like potentially. Yes. And that has very, very broad ramifications and consequences and pros and cons to it. So without further ado, let's get started on Facebook, the antitrust case. Let's do it. Johan has entered the building. What's up, Johan? Let's start talking about it. I think that you know, to kind of break it down, I mean, yesterday there's obviously this announcement from the government that there's going to be a lawsuit against Facebook. And we all know what's been happening just with Facebook, Twitter, all of them, YouTube, Instagram, kind of being under the microscope of the government and just people in general. You know, I mean, we've touched on it in past episodes and watched how this has, has progressed, but it, it kind of led into this big announcement. From the New York Attorney uh, General, New York AG James yesterday, and I'll just read what she said. She said, breaking, I'm leading a bipartisan coalition of 48 attorneys general in a lawsuit against Facebook to end its legal monopoly. We are taking action to stand up for the millions of consumers and many small businesses that have been harmed by Facebook's illegal behavior. Facebook has used its monopoly, monopoly power to crush smaller rivals and Snuff out competition, all at the expense of everyday users. Instead of improving its own product, Facebook took advantage of consumers and made billions of dollars converting their personal data into a cash cow. Today's suit should send a clear message to Facebook and every other company. Efforts to stifle competition, reduce innovation, or cut privacy protections will be met with the full force of almost every attorney general's office in the nation. That's from New York State Agency. Strongly worded you know, case. And it's it's actually the first kind of it uh, as it pertains to the US. You know, the EU has been going after Google for, I mean, before I even worked there, but I mean, for years, you know, of all the practices they were doing, you know, in, in Europe. So this is the, this is a monumental case that the government, that the FTC, so the Federal Trade Commission has brought against a social media company. And the reason why they're bringing it together is a lot of different reasons. But the biggest one is that they are buying up so many massive other (laughs) social media companies like WhatsApp and Instagram. So it becomes this behemoth and it's now essentially a monopoly. And the government has a pretty strong case that Facebook needs to unload and divest from uh, Instagram and WhatsApp. What are the consequences of it here? Like, like, what does it mean? So they have this lawsuit against Facebook. Let's just talk about Facebook for a second. What happens in this lawsuit? Like, what are the consequences for Facebook as far as read or no? Like, what could happen here? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, it comes down to Facebook losing its hold and acquisitions. You know, every company, look at Alphabet. For example, the parent company of Google, there was never an alphabet, you know, what, four or five years ago. I mean, that's that's very new. It's so big that they had to create a parent company because they're acquiring so many different things into its own massive, you know, uh, business model. Facebook is going that direction as well. And the government is like, no, 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 no. And I actually think the ramifications from this will be that Facebook will have to unload. Instagram, at least, and probably WhatsApp. Unloaded. Uh, What does that mean? They'll have to sell it off. 
So Instagram yeah. could get sold to somebody and WhatsApp. Yeah, okay. and it can't be like a Google or an Apple. It has to be like independently owned or and it can't be Twitter either. I mean, really what the government's doing is like the worst thing that could possibly come down the line to these technology companies is that they're trying to break them up. They're getting too big for the britches, so to speak, and they want to get a little bit more of a handle on them. You know, the FTC has never been able to put together any laws or anything that that surrounds data or privacy concerns or anything. And now this is the first attempt, a very strong attempt at bringing uh, consumers into the field of vision to a lot of these big tech, which, you know, consumer behaviors were being extracted. You know, I think this comes down to a lot of the documentaries that we've all watched, you know, about social networks, I think I have to imagine that has weighed pretty heavily on the Congress and the FTC, you know, has been pushed to make this lawsuit happen. So like, I know one thing you mentioned in there, there was one thing when Instagram combined with Facebook where there was something about the messages. I know they made like direct messages. I heard that was a big thing when, when Facebook combined its messages with Instagram, that was a big yeah. trigger. I wonder what something like that why that raised a lot of eyebrows. I guess that's just a signal that Facebook's becoming even bigger because now everything's like meshed to one. I know the yeah, message thing it, was a big piece of it, I heard. It was, but I. it's also that they're continuing to, this is a company, keep in mind, Facebook, when it first came out, said Facebook was like the cool dog in the new arena, overtaking MySpace. And it was to be this almost area where you can trust a company not to cookie you, not to track you. Um, it promised that it wasn't going to do that, that it was going that, you know, only all your posts would only be visible to the people that are in your real life community. And, you know, all of these privacy policies have changed since the beginning and more and more and more have they interjected themselves into consumer behavior and the way we utilize Facebook and they use it for not the best purposes. You know, they've, they've tried every year to come out with a new tracking pixel. Um, they, in 2007, they had one where it was a beacon that would track you and it was like fiercely debated and, you know, completely, they had to shut it down within a year because it was just, they're putting their, their little, you know, octopus suckers all over the consumers that are on their site. And but, they're, you know, going over a line, a very distinct line as it pertains to antitrust. Yeah. So when it happens, though, so say like the lawsuit goes through and what's then? Will Facebook have a different, like, what are the consequences? It won't be like shut down. It'll just have different features or something? Like, how does that yeah, work? Facebook by far is the largest social network. Um, yeah. You know, and it's, I believe, it touts that it's 95% of all social media is Facebook. Mm -hmm. You know, that's enormous. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, you know, um, and that's because of Instagram and WhatsApp. Now, if you break those off of Facebook, yeah. Facebook will only be siloed within their own platform, which actually isn't doing so hot and hasn't been doing very well in the younger generations. It's more of like a, you know what I liken it to? Facebook's turning into, and it has been, do, and it's been trending this way, uh, unfortunately for them, because these are stats they don't want to acknowledge, but they know that's happening, is that 
I like it to the fact um, I used to work in the auto industry for 11 years and um, Toyota was my main client. I remember going into the CMO and talking to him about cross shopping and competitor analysis Mm -hmm. on their brand, Scion. And Scion, when Scion first came out, it was this edgy, cool, all the young people wanted it. They would never advertise Scions. They would only park it in front of clubs and do this like very immersive, you know, under the radar advertising. They wanted to make it like a super cool brand, you know, that's not advertising in your face. However, (laughs) when I would bring them data of the people that were shopping for Scion on AutoTrader at that point as people that were empty nesters and, you know, (laughs) in their 50s. And that was blowing their mind. It was making them insane because they just, they wanted the young, they wanted to target young people. They didn't want to be seeing older people driving an XB or an XC, (laughs) you know, that made them their, their blood boil, you know? And I'm like, the data is showing. So Facebook is turning into that. Facebook was this cool college, you know, a young person's community, very hip, very cool. They acquired Instagram because they were losing the younger generations and they knew it. So they had to acquire Instagram. And when did that happen? When did they buy Instagram? That was years ago? It was a few years ago. Hey, Google, when did Facebook buy Instagram? 2012. 2012. And they bought, so they bought Instagram in 2012 and they bought WhatsApp in 2014. Hey, Google, stop. You ask your Google Home one question, I'll tell you they'll give you a novel. Yeah. Just don't ask it what truffle butter is. I've warned you, don't do it. Don't. So, and anyway. Anyway. (laughs) All right. Interesting. So that's what happened. They're, They're going very old. If you talk to a Gen Z, they're not on Facebook. Facebook is like for old people. Yeah. And that is a major fucking problem for Facebook. And that has been a major fucking problem for them for years. Yeah, yeah. They cannot get the younger generations. Nobody wants to be on Facebook that's under like 30, you know, or under 35. So, so what this lawsuit would do then, it would change their features somehow? Or like, I still like what's it changes the... Their, it changes their entire dynamic. And the biggest problem for them with this is always advertising. That always comes down to advertising. Yeah. Because Facebook, when they go to advertisers and say, hey, would you like to buy our product? We can cookie people. We know these are the demographics that are on our site, blah, blah, blah. They don't give the demographics of Facebook. They give the demographics of Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp. Yeah. The minute you take Instagram and WhatsApp away, you're stuck with a really old, dodgy site. So it hurts them and in that way that they lose their young crowd. Huge. No advertisers are going to want to touch that. Right. There, you know, maybe adult diapers will want, you know, to be on it, but um, outside of that or pharmaceuticals, maybe, but outside of that, they will not be able to capture the advertising dollars as it pertains to, you know, millennials and Gen Y, because you won't be able to bucket them anymore in with the Instagram and the WhatsApp, you know, the demographics shift completely, which means a very, very large amount of advertising dollars will go away from Facebook. And Lee Miller asks, do you think that Facebook will promise not to track everyone when this lawsuit goes through? (laughs) No. Uh, The reason why is because they don't have to. Yeah. 
they make money based on advertising, right? We've talked about this before, where advertising rules the world way more than anyone could possibly realize. So Facebook will do whatever the advertisers want. And what the advertisers want are to get their grubby hands all over your shopping behaviors online, whether it's legal or not. (laughs) And the problem is the legality as it pertains to cookieing and pixeling and all that kind of stuff isn't very strong. Right. And social media companies love that because they can track you. They can do all kinds of cool stuff because the FTC never put in any laws as it pertains to the internet. They do it on phone lines. When you use AT&T or whatever, phone lines are controlled by the FTC. Public television is controlled by the government. You can't just put whatever you want. Internet, it's the Wild West. And that's the part why the government, it's like, we need to start getting our hands into this. So there's no possible way that Facebook will ever go back to promising that they won't track you. It just won't happen. I think they need to, uh, in that degree, uh, I think there needs to be some type of control over all of this. It's a problem because, you know, the capitalist kind of American dream and everything, you know, is like build a company kind of, you know, you can like get as big as you want, like with your business and just go from them. And Facebook started in, you know, in his what is his dorm room and at Harvard, Mark Zuckerberg. So, you know, it did kind of build, but there is kind of a cap on on what you do and how you do it. And I think in this specific circumstance, it just got out of control, obviously, as we all know. And so once that happens, if the lawsuit goes through and everything goes, then then obviously it's going to break away WhatsApp and Instagram. There will probably be some other things happen as well, but they're still going to be able to track. And it's still not going to, because they can track and because social media is still social media, we're still going to have the problem of, you know, there's a lot of issues right now with cancel culture and, and censorship and, and what can be put online and what can't. And I don't know that the lawsuit against Facebook really does anything for that, right? It, it just it just kind of stops them from becoming, you know, a bigger company in that way, right? Like, I don't think that maybe it will. I, I don't know how it's going to. I know there's a lot of people that are unhappy with social media and the control it has over, over messages online and what people can say and what they can't say. And I wonder how much this lawsuit is going to affect that in any way, if at all. I don't know what it's going to do to that. I think it's actually a really good point to make because there's several things that will come out of this lawsuit. And let's say it completely gets demolished in the courts, which it won't. This is a very strong case because you have 46, 48 states that have signed on for this. So that means every single state basically is going after Facebook and they have a lot more manpower and attorney power than Facebook could, you know? So we're talking about the U.S. government that's going after Facebook. So you've got that beast, right? You could just, you could just look at that being like, wow, that's going to be a kind of a landmark thing. Let's say the case falls apart. This has still put Google, Twitter, all the other massive big techs on notice. Apple, they're next. The government's right. starting Facebook because they're their easiest target because they do things that are a little shifty, but mm-hmm. not illegal. The next line, it's going to be a domino effect. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, Jack and uh, Sundar, you know, for, at Google and at Twitter, you know, all of them are going to are reviewing with their lawyers right now. <laughs> you better believe they're on some serious calls right now about, okay, what does this mean for us? Because this isn't just going to stop with Facebook. So we're going to start to see 
the government trying to get their hands in and break these companies apart. Yeah. And on top of that, there's the other issue, you know, is freedom of expression is now being targeted. So when the internet was created and exploded on the scene, you could literally do whatever you wanted. And it's, it's almost a disservice to humanity that they allowed the Pandora's box to be opened and now they're trying to close it back in. So it was like, okay, you can freedom express yourself all over the internet. That's where you can actually be you and have a voice and say whatever you want. Now, now you can't. YouTube is cracking down. You can't say certain things on YouTube or you're going to be demonetized or your videos taken down. You can't talk about anti-vaccination. You can't talk about a lot of stuff on YouTube. They've changed their privacy policies. Facebook, same thing. They changed their privacy policies. Instagram, obviously, is owned by Facebook. So there is an encringement going on in that I feel that our freedom of expression is starting to be pulled apart one brick at a time. And the more the government gets involved, and this is the problem, you've got the dichotomy here, you know, good thing, yes, big tech needs to be broken up a little bit. Bad thing is the government's going to get in there and be like, okay, you can't say X, Y, and Z on the internet. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is communist China. So that's the only thing that I'm a little concerned about is that because these companies cannot seem to police their own networks, the government will do it for them. So (laughs) that's not what anybody wants because we're talking about some serious suppression. Yeah, you know, I agree. But the problem is, So it's an issue of, do we want the companies controlling freedom of speech or do we want the government controlling freedom of speech? Because it sounds like both aren't a very good idea. (laughs) Like both are a problem. The problem is there's, you know, this has been cooking in, you know, the kitchen for a while. There's a reason why Mark Zuckerberg and Jack, more so the two of them than Sundar from Google, but that's why they have been hauled into congressional meetings so much over the past few years because the government's like, what are you guys doing? You're not doing enough to control hate speech. You've built these companies, maybe not knowing that you are controlling people's mindsets. And now you're cooking, you know, you're doing all kinds of pixeling and you're warping their sense of reality, you know, and the government's like, hey, what are you going to do? Are you going to fix this? And Mark- Right, that they that they challenge them on that, yeah. And you know, Mark has always responded at these congressional hearings, like, "Yes, we're doing." You know, our job is not to police the internet, blah blah blah. You know, I mean, they they take a very which is fair, you know, is in terms of like Google is not there to police what goes on. You know, yes, they have filters of like you know certain things, but the government is asking private companies or you know, I should say public companies, but not owned by the government to police, you know, morality and, you know, what's right, what's wrong and um, specific topics and stuff. And Jack's and Jack and Mark said no at first, but now they're getting a little heavy handed with what's allowed on Twitter because they don't want the the government to come in and take it away. And that's exactly what's going on. But getting heavy handed how? Controlling the voice. Like you saw how Trump was getting flagged on Twitter about certain things that he was posting. They he should, was never yeah, yeah. flagged. But Jack's should, doing that because that. he doesn't want the government to come in and do it for him. 
he should be doing it less because he met with the government. Why do they think that they should do it more? Because they met because with the, the government. government doesn't like what's going on in social media. One, the government doesn't, you know, these congressmen, I mean, let's be honest, they're white old men who, who probably don't, you know, have, don't know what social media really is. And they have to have aides try and like sock puppet what social media is. Okay. So like, let's just be honest with that. Secondly, all they're doing at home, you don't think they watch TV or, or film or movies or documentaries. I mean, this sets a very scary tactic for them in that they don't see that Facebook and Twitter are doing enough to suppress certain topics that they feel are tipping into conspiracy-ish stuff that they feel. The the government. government. So the government is deciding what information they want us to have. Not yet. Well, that is what this antitrust, though, you know, anti, this is completely all about Facebook, obviously. However, this has all kinds of ramifications as it pertains to freedom of voice and mm-hmm. speech and what that means. And you and I have talked about on, on here about having, you know, up, either updating the U.S. Constitution or creating a new technology constitution of some sort, because yeah. this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Because the government's not liking how these these private companies are handling it, they're going to come in. I think that they're, it. here's my thing on it. Yeah, like we've talked about social media constitution. I've heard Scott Adams mentioned, uh, I got like a social media bill of rights, which is also a good idea. But I think that the companies are more the concern because they can do whatever they want. Their companies control, like they could do anything. We don't know what they're going to do. Like, but the government, at least you have both sides influencing. I don't know how it works, but I'm not that good at this. But you have both sides in a variety of opinions influencing things, right? Like if uh, Joe Biden becomes president, it's not Joe Biden just saying, I want this, I want that, and that's it. Like there's a whole Congress and both sides and Democrats and Republicans. And so you're getting a wide variety of opinions and, and thoughts and this stuff put in. So because our government is set up like that, as far as we know with, with, with everybody, the companies, you don't know what's happening within them. Shouldn't we, I mean, yeah. you know, Biden's president, shouldn't we fear the government less than what could happen with, within a company that we don't know much about? Like, well, I would say in response to that is I don't think we should fear anything because this is, a, this is completely out of our control. It's, going, it's more of an interesting twist in the world of tech. Huh? And the reason why this is important for all of, all of us to understand is that we're using it right now and we use it on a daily basis. And it will, though it seems like it, it'll only affect the companies and, you know, the people in the, in the ivory towers, it will have effects on consumers. And they may not see it uh, right away, but they'll know when Instagram is sold off and it's a completely different entity. You'll know when you post something and either Facebook, Twitter, or the government decides to pull it down. So it's not so much a fear, it's just possibly alluding to what may be coming. And I think to your point, the government is, you know, has two different viewpoints from, you know, different parties. And that's what makes the government work so well is that it's not just led by one party. You know, you've got opposing arguments, which is fair. You don't really have that at these companies. <laughs> they just have like a one, tr- like we just make money. Right. You know, we're going to do whatever makes money. So if advertisers are asking us 
to track someone as they're walking down the street, we will find a way to do that in order to make that $100 million sale. Whereas the government's role is the safety of the citizens. And to say, wait, doesn't seem right that you're tracking people as they're walking down the street, right? And that's just an example. But the government is made up of, you know, as a bipartisan type of thing. And so is this antitrust. There's a lot, there's people on both sides of the aisle that have come together and said, you guys have too much power. That's and a good thing. Yeah. And we're going to take it away. Yeah. It's, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. It just is. And we will see what that looks like, you know, in the very near future. Let's put it this way. I don't think Mark impressed Congress <laughs> when he's done those hearings. Yeah, I think yeah. this, I think that's obvious. So I think he's pissed off a lot of people about all the shit that's, that him and his, you know, his company has done yeah. and they're going to be paying for it now. You know, they're going to have to break up Instagram. Lee Miller says, you know, I agree with Kira. It's it's best not to fear anything. Yeah, there's nothing there's nothing to fear but fear itself. That, that the famous Winston Churchill. Winston, Winston Churchill, you know, yeah, I, I don't I agree with that. I don't obviously agree. I, I, to, but people can. I mean, you know, we live in a fear of shit. You live in LA. That's all it is, it's fear. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, we live in a fear-based reality where you could watch this, you know, our talk discussion on this and be like, oh my God, I don't want the government in my, you know tracking what I do and telling me what I can and cannot put on the internet. It's like, no, we're not saying that. It's more of just a discussion point. So just always be wary when you watch videos or read articles or you watch, you know, Jeff and I, it's not to scare you. It's more information and to let you know what's going on in the world and to open up perspectives. You know, it's your job to be able to delineate and say, I'm not going to fear this. I'm just going to be aware of it because it's really interesting information for me to know. I think that goes for a broad scale across everything, you know, not just this tech conversation. So just, you know, maybe back up the truck a little bit from the fear stuff (laughs) is, I guess, what I'm saying to our viewers. No, I I agree. And then, you know, he he asked, you know, do do you think censorship rules have gone too far online or will they go further? I think I think we kind of touched on that. Um, Jeff, I mean, you know, you're you're a very big uh, user of Twitter. And, you know, I mean, what how do you feel about the censorship going on? By the way, it's great that we do. I'm really active on Twitter and Facebook, especially you're you're much more active on Instagram than I am. We kind of cover the spectrum that way which is good for me. um but uh what is my take just on everything like just on all no, no, on censorship just like uh, is I, it a level of concern for you to see that twitter's getting a little heavy-handed and or youtube and yeah. what you're allowed most yeah i mean i'll see you know i'll say here's what i think i think that that there needs to be some type and i've been saying this for three years there needs to be some type of a system where there's a developed transparency of opinions and, and belief systems from different sides. And we don't have that right now in the digital world. This is why the Constitution created in 1776, because they were trying to figure that out in the real world, you know, in the, right. in the non-digital world. But now right. we've got the digital world, which is the second world. So we've got, we've got the new world online, the new world. Right. And we don't really have... A system of of sorts that everybody can agree to as to who can say what. Because, for example, I really struggle with this election stuff and all that. And they're talking about 
is fraud and all that stuff. Like I, I just somebody talking about duffel bags and just it's just too much. I don't really understand any of it, frankly. So that's just my opinion on it. But the people who are saying that are a lot of people. Okay, like a lot of people are saying that, mm-hmm. and and anybody who says that a lot of people aren't saying that aren't plugged into half the world. They're in silos. So that's a lot of people. So you can't just you know start shutting down people for having opinions on what they have opinions on, unless it's something illegal. I mean, I think it'd have to be straight up illegal because in this in this country, people have a right to a freedom of of expression if they believe that. They certainly have a have a right to be heard and for any company to be shutting that down. That's not how the system is organized. And that's not how our constitution in the country are set up. It's people have an opinion about things, whether it's zany or whatever, like they deserve to be heard. You know, I, I don't agree with a lot of things that people say online, but I, I, I would never be censoring people in that way unless there was something illegal happening i wouldn't be censoring people in that way and i look at like uh when you censor a a tweet or when you put a note on it it's not really working for them first off when when trump tweets whatever he tweets about you know i won the election or whatever like who in this country is looking at that tweet and being like oh my god well trump won the election let's go let's go celebrate Nobody's doing that. Nobody on either side is being like, huh? Unless, unless you, I mean, there's probably one person doing it. There's probably someone somewhere that believes that. But the vast majority are not looking at those tweets and, and believing that, like, oh, okay, well, settled. You know, like you would have to be rather tuned out with things. So, who are they informing by censoring that? Because I don't think. So, first of all, I don't think it really matters. I don't think they really need to do that because everybody knows on either side what's going on. So unless you're just way out of it, which maybe there are some people, I don't think that anybody is looking at that and suddenly believing what it is one way or the other. It's not changing their opinion because he says it. Now, there probably is a small percentage of people doing that, but I don't think it's most people. That's the first thing. The second thing is when you do put a note on a tweet like that or something, you're bringing more attention to whatever it is you're you're censoring by default because people are going to look at it more. So I don't even think it's not, if it is censoring as people call it, I don't think that it's it's like anti-censoring. It's going the opposite way of censoring because censoring is now promoting. So when you put a note on it, it makes more news and that snowballs. And then it's, so is it really censoring or is it just thinking you're censoring and then you're promoting? <laughs> you know, like, I, I think it's quite complicated. But the bottom line of what I think is, is I believe that these people deserve to be heard. And if Trump were standing on Fifth Avenue and he was, he was saying that stuff out loud, would a company come up and like, put a note on his forehead. I mean, some people would. Well, the difference between him standing on a corner versus posting it to hundreds of millions of people is the viral effect. And that is the part that Twitter, Facebook, Google, you know, all of them, uh, YouTube, they are starting to put the handcuffs around certain topics that they don't want to spread for the sake of peace and tranquility in the US. That they don't you know, if they were to allow, if they were to allow 5G and anti-vaccination talk all the time, all that that you know, they realized how fast ideas spread and how people were influenced via social media. So of course they 
are gravely concerned about those topics that could pull down whole entire systems. Like if anti-vaccination actually really caught on, I mean, like really big deal, we wouldn't have a medical community in the US. I mean, we're talking some serious, massive things. Let, and let, the, let the government do it. Let the government do it. What I say, I, I say let the government the and I don't care if it's like, that's yeah. why we have the government. Like I'm for Joe oh, yeah. Biden and his staff and bringing it, or, you know, for Joe, whoever the president is like, bring in the staffs, bring in all the people, let them do it. I think a company trying to do it, it's not really their, like, stay out and that's, of it. That's what Mark has always said. It's like, that's not my role. Yeah. You know, and he's tried to do what the government wanted him to do. And Jack has tried to do what, you know, what they asked and they do it here and there, but it's not enough. And it's clear that the government wants to handle it. The, this issue now. They've realized the persuasive tactics that these companies are using for advertising or whatever else. And um, they're sick of it. They're sick of the void. Whatever voice is getting out there, they want to shut it down. So if it has something to do with 5G, anti-vaccinations, that scares the shit out of the U.S. government. They don't want things like that to get out and brush fire. It scares the U.S. government, that type of thing. But you have people within the government who are for those things as well, who are probably influencing the decisions, right? Yeah, you know, they don't want, let's say, for example, the conspiracy theory that has a lot of backing from lots of people. Not from the government, obviously, but there's a it's a big push um, has been for years that 9-11 was set up by the government and that the towers were rigged with bombs. I mean, there's like documentaries on it that are, you know, they have leading scientists. Should that be allowed to be talked about constantly and really get like in front of people? And you have 465 million people thinking that? The government is is completely freaked about shit like that. They're completely freaked about the potential that maybe the whole conspiracy theory that we didn't land on the moon is true. They don't want shit like that out there because that causes the most chaotic downfall of any country. So they have to control these specific topics. They can't, they have to control anti-vaccination. Whether it's true or not, I have no idea. But they, as a government, can't allow that out because they make too much money in the medical industry. You can't bring down the entire... And they know how Americans are because the minute we're like, yeah, I believe that too. Yeah, I believe that too. And they're, you know, brush fire. That's it. They won't be able to control it at that point. The problem seems to be rooted in a information velocity problem. Yeah, correct. Because in 1950... You couldn't send a letter to everyone's mailbox about whatever the latest conspiracy was. You know, like because of social media and the media and the Internet, now these things can get out very, very quickly. And there's like no control over things anymore. And people can say whatever they want. You know, it gets out very, very fast. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, you have all these like tools that people can use to manipulate real information. I think that the Bill of Rights, Digital Constitution Bill of Rights, should be looking at information velocity and how to weigh how to program things so that enough information and opinions get distributed where a full spectrum is seen so that all voices are are heard but maybe not maybe not to the point where it could like make something that's not true accelerate well so what you're talking about then is what like an advertising and digital advertising 
when you have ads pop up, yeah. you know, that you're surfing on the internet, you see an ad on the back end, on the UI back end of how that ad is served to you, there's a frequency cap put on and it's toggled up or down depending on if you're short of your goal of hitting your, how many impressions you want to hit. So you can cap a frequency level of like, okay, you only show that ad four times in a day to the same person or 10 times or two times. You're saying to put a frequency cap on information so that it doesn't cause the same effect that information does right now, where it's this constant push of the same manipulative type of information, you know, and our brain Brain patterns are changed based on repetition. So if you're constantly seeing the same thing over and over again, like Los Angeles with COVID, you're going to turn into the most fearing person on planet Earth. And that's what's going on in LA. So I actually think that's a really interesting idea is to frequency cap information, Mm. you know, to make sure that the brain has time to process it before it takes it on as fact. I think that when they created the initial constitution, all of this was considered, except they were missing one variable because they didn't need it, which was speed of velocity of information. Right. Velocity of information. That that variable was missing when they did it whenever 300 years ago. So it's like creating it, but creating it with a new, like everything still applies. You just have to throw in that new variable and figure out how to weigh things on all sides to... You know, and someone's saying, okay, we have people commenting now, you know, someone's saying thought police. You know, I I, I don't know about the thought police because it's going to be a thing for the people. You know, it's going to be a thing where all sides are are weighed. And and they probably were saying thought police when they created the initial constitution. There's probably some some thought police going on there, you know, but I think if it were created somehow around velocity where everybody gets heard. Every, you know, everybody gets heard, but where one thing can't just overwhelm everybody so they don't see everything else. Well, you you have to let everybody see everything. That's the key. Yeah, I agree. You have to see every, like, you have to show them everything. People are in such silos that they don't see everything. So they don't know. So things are sprung on them. So like when I post on Twitter and Facebook and stuff, I'm doing my very best to make sure everybody sees as much as I can possibly give them within reason, you know, like the reasonable stuff, because I think that the most damaging thing is for a brain to only be in a silo and just seeing one thing. And I think that's what the news tried, used to do. They got out of that business, but I don't disagree with them necessarily for getting out of that business because it's now the only way for them to be profitable. So you have, you need a new system online developed of some type that is like what the was created in 1776, but in the digital world. And I think it revolves around information velocity. I think that's the key to the whole thing. I think that's fair. And I saw, you know, I see a, a few comments where, you know, transparency is needed. And I agree. I think the lack of transparency as it pertains to a lot of the most recent stuff that this country and globally have been dealing with, such as, you know, the pandemic has been incredibly damaging because we didn't know what was going on and nobody was telling us what was going on because they probably didn't know or they didn't want to tell the U.S. what was going on or whatever. So people were just flying off the handle and making up their own information from wherever they were getting their information from. Right. And your point, that shit spreads like a wildfire. Well, I heard my friend works at the CDC and they told me, I mean, that 
that times a million, you know, when it comes to information on the internet. So it's, I think there has to be some sort of cap, some sort of thing where one idea cannot supersede all the others. It has to be quote unquote fair and balanced. There has to be some sort of system, you know, and to Lee, Lee's questions like, you know, do you think they'll all be hurt? And it's like, no, of course not. I don't think that's even possible. I think we can try at least right now. The biggest voice are the, the advertisers. <laughs> if, if you can believe it, you would think like, oh, well, Trump has a big voice. No, no, no. It's always the advertisers. Lee Miller, you know, yeah, you're asking, you're asking, will people be heard right now? People are more heard than any time in history. We're more heard now than ever because of social media. Everybody has a voice. Somebody can can tweet something. I'm not saying this is a good thing or bad thing, but the president is just can retweet anybody. Like we're more heard right now than ever because of velocity of information. I think you're actually more heard than ever before. Like how were people heard in 1925? Well, nobody was really heard except the government. People just lived their lives and watched the news and you certainly weren't heard outside of your 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 job and your, you know, family and that was it. So if you're concerned about being heard, you should have seen life 30 years ago. You weren't heard at all. Am I wrong? No, I mean, I think it's, I think anyone can be heard. It's the matter of technology. Yeah. The difference is technology. The spreader of information has just become much different than it was in the 20s. Frankly, to be honest, the roaring 20s sound kind of nice right now. Yeah. Information overload. Like someone just opened the can of worms and can't, put them back in the can. You know what I mean? Like there's too much information. So there needs to be a control of some sort of the information. But then you say that, you say control and you put the word government in the same sentence and people will literally freak the fuck out. You know, I mean, that's civil war right there. It is. Um, People freak out about that. That will be a war against the government. (laughs) So the government has to tread very lightly with this because they can't tell, they they want to keep the freedoms, of course, and the founding fathers of, of this entire country. However, there needs to be someone who is concerned about the well-being of the citizens and who can control the damaging information that could affect everyone's life. How do you do that and not have government control over that? Because the government's job is to, to be con- of the concern of the people. And if they see that social media or this big, these big tech companies are, you know, stepping over the line in terms of all kinds of crazy shit that's out there, they have to take control of it. You know, they don't have a choice. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. I think 2021 is going to be the year where we're going to see some serious changes when it comes to big tech. You know, I mean, it's, it's, um, when the internet first started, we had all these various companies, you know, AltaVista and Excite.com and <laughs> Ask Jeeves. I mean, there was it was big and now it's gone to here. And I think it's going to start to get like in the middle, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think that's good. I think we need more independent companies, you know, to have, to have these conglomerates are just like unbelievable, you know, these monopolies on things. I think it's a step something else them filing the lawsuit. It'd be interesting to see what happens with that. I think that there's going to need to be some type, I think we agree on that, that there's some type of a digital, call it Bill of Rights Constitution or whatever people want to call it, but something needs to be developed so that 
there's a I hate to say control, like I think that's a yeah. bad word, but a, fair and balanced. Only a balanced. <laughs> Only what? The fair and balanced we can't use because that'll bring up like you know yeah. Fox News type of stuff. But I think right. a balanced, equal, equal amount of information spread amongst the people. Yes, so that things are heard, and and so we're missing that for the digital realm. But I think it will come for this new world, and I think that step by step, you know, it's process. This was great. We had a good chat. Hour today, I Kira. Good chat. This was. I think this is. Um, this is going to be really interesting next year. I think it's something. You know, yes, COVID's on everyone's brain, and and now the vaccine. But there's other things in the world going on. There's other things in the U.S. going on, and yeah. that is not to diminish uh, the severity of COVID or the loss of life by no means. However, it's good to get out of just one topic. <laughs> Because there are other topics and other discussion points that are actually really valid to, you know, go through and, and go through the details of it and, and have a healthy discussion. So thank you for everyone for tuning in and all for, for all your comments. Uh, you guys are, are awesome. And thank you, Jeff. Many more to come. Thank you, Angela, Lee, Johan, everybody who was in there. Next week, episode 49, we're going to get 50 before the year ends. We'll be at a perfect 50 end of 2020. 2021 is just going to rock and roll with things. So we'll yeah. be going going weekly here on Thursdays. Here at Jeff and Kira Live, we are the future and the future is Jeff and Kira Live. Kira, I will see you next week for more fun. I'll see you next week, Jeff. Enjoy. Thanks. Thank you, everyone. Later. Thanks for listening to Launch Radio. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Go ahead, smash that share button and leave a comment below. Also, please be sure to subscribe to Launch Radio on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Until next episode, thanks again.